0: Amen. Okay, play. please stay standing. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Man, you know, it's really good to pray to God and ask Him to open our hearts. Amen? It's a good thing. Prepare Him room. Give Him room. How about we ask Him to give Him some room in our hearts for the reading of the Word? This is Luke chapter two. This is the word of God, verses eight through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to him, fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among whom he is well-pleased. Then the angels went away from them into heaven. I'll read that again. Then the angels went away from them into heaven. That's amazing. And the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem And let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're awesome. You're so good to us. Lord, you've given us your word. Your spirit uses it and transforms our lives and moves in our midst. And God, you're a big God. You are a big God. You want to reach every person that's in this room. You want to reach all of South Des Moines. You want to reach everywhere in the metro area. You want to get the name of your son to everybody. And Lord, Jesus, in his name, is the power of salvation. In his name. And Lord, we think of these shepherds, these guys that just were shocked. As you launched your gospel to them, you just launched it straight into their hearts. Lord, it was powerful and really quick and really supernatural. But God, isn't that always how you speak? You always speak powerfully, quickly, and supernaturally into our hearts. So Lord, would you just build up every Christian here, build them up in their faith, give them faith to see and obey and share? Lord, for those who don't know Jesus yet, would you launch your son, Jesus, straight into their heart and mind this morning. Save them from sin and hell and death and the grave. God, we'll trust you for great things. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, good morning, and Merry Christmas. Good to see all of you guys here this morning. Um, my name is Josh. I'm the preaching pastor here, and so thankful that you are here with us. And if um, if you didn't know, this is the second to last Service that we have together all year, right? This is it. And what a great year 2022 has been. Amen? It's been awesome. It's been so good. And God's been so good to us. My sermon title this morning is Christmas is Good News to the Lowly. Christmas is Good News to the Lowly. And just to start the message on July 20th, 2021, do you remember what you were doing on that day? Okay. July 20th, 2021 was a day where Amazon multi-billionaire Jeff Bezos launched the Blue Origin rocket. You guys remember that at least a little bit? And he launched this, this Blue Origin rocket, and he and his brother and two other people were in the rocket, and it was the first time that civilians would launch themselves up into space and fall back down. And this, lo- this rocket launched 340,000 feet in the air. And all God's people said, that's high, all right? That's high. 340,000 feet in the air, traveling at a, a peak top speed of 2,200 miles per hour. Y'all know what that would do to your face, traveling that fast? <clears throat> you know? Like the G-forces are ridiculous. Ridiculous. And this launch and landing was awesome to watch. If you missed out on it last year, don't worry. We've got the first 30 seconds of the video. This will set the stage for the message and we'll get to Christmas, I promise. But I want to show you the launch of the Blue Origin Rocket with Jeff Bezos and several of his friends um, in the cockpit. So we're going we're gonna to watch that. Nothing? Nothing? Oh, it worked at 8:30. Sorry, you came to the wrong service. Okay, so here's the deal. It was really cool. All right. It was really cool. And it was really fast. And it was really awesome. And in total, this flight took 10 minutes so to launch up into the air and to come back down. It was quick, it was powerful, and it was transformational. Now, after 8:30 service, I watched it online and I thought it was really cool. After 8.30 service, there was two individuals that said, Pastor, if you think watching it on video is cool, you should go to Cape Canaveral and watch that for real like we did. And I'm like, I'll go to Florida with you right now. Amen. On, on a cold Iowa winter morning, I'm going to, I'll go to Florida right now. But they said it, it's, it's really moving and touching in ways that you can't even explain. Here's the thing. When we think about rockets and launching up into space, We think about really amazing power. We think about quickness. We think about transformational things. And we have always, as a species, we've been trying to launch ourselves into the sky for a long time. You guys notice that? Uh, Humans just have this obsession with going up there to where God is. And here's the reality about space. We love these powerful rockets that get us up into space space is the final frontier. Can I get a Star Trek? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Space is the epic place, right, where all these adventures happen, aka every person who loves Star Wars. Can I get a Star Wars? Amen. All right. Because everybody remembers, I remember as a kid watching the opening crawl of episode four, Right when I was a little kid and just being gripped by the, the words a long time ago in a galaxy, what class? Far, far away. I was gripped by it because you're trying to get to the, the reality of space travel and then you, you watch Han Solo try to fix the hyperdrive, the whole movie. Episode four is like, man, he can't get his hyperdrive to go. can't get his hyperdrive to go. But what's a hyperdrive anyway? A hyperdrive is what you tell Chewbacca to go fix. Amen? That's what you do. And the reality is, is that to get to hyperdrive means you can travel all over space. And when we think about that kind of rocket and that kind of technology taking us all over the place, we get really excited. Let me tell you something about Christmas. Christmas is a story, an account, not of man launching himself up to God, but God launching himself down to man. You see what I'm saying? Christmas is the story not of man launching himself up to God, but the story of God launching himself down to man. And when we start thinking about this, this is the gospel. The gospel of God is God launching himself down with power and with quickness and supernatural effect. It brings transformation to the lives of the sinners who receive it. Now, you know, God's been saying this for a long time in the word. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 20 says this, that the kingdom of God does not exist in talk, but in power. Have you ever read that verse before? Christianity is an experience of God's supernatural power. Can I get a witness? Amen. It's nothing less than that. And for some of you, you have, you've, you've adopted some sort of Christianity that's all about chitter-chatter. Talk, 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 talk. And you were missing the power. But listen, God has been launching his grace down onto earth ever since he created Adam and Eve. He said this in Genesis eleven two. let us go down there. Why? Because they're building a big tower called Babel. What do they think they're doing? Let us go down there and confuse the languages. What about this? Jesus said in John 6, I have come down to do the will of him who sent me. Down. God, consider Romans 5.8. God commended his love towards us. Or God sent down. Like he launched down his love towards us. Amen. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. Now, this passage is about Christmas grace. Christmas grace rocketing down to some unsuspecting shepherds. These poor shepherds. Man, these guys, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask, well, I got a list, you probably do too, of all the scenes you want to see replayed. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see this scene. God, can you show me this scene? One of the scenes I want to see is this shepherd scene. Can I see the faces of the shepherds? When the angel of the Lord shows up to them, and then the myriad of angels come later, I want to see their faces because it'd look like Jeff Bezos, like taken off in that ship. Like, what in the world? Because these shepherds, they'd be just like you and me. We would be scared to death. So here's the big idea of the passage this morning. God speaks, and when he speaks his messages, he launches them down quickly and powerfully and supernaturally Transforming the lives of those who are lowly. I'll say it again, just so you can pick it up. When God speaks his messages, he does so quickly, he launches them down powerfully, supernaturally, that those who receive it, it transforms their lives, and those people are called lowly. Some of you are not experiencing the power of God in your life because you're not lowly, you're proud. And here's the reality of receiving the gospel. You have to be lowly. Now, this is just, I want you to see some of these really rocket speed words in our text, okay? So look with me in verse 9. Verse 9 is one of these rocket speed kind of words. Like, God is launching down words to us in this passage, and it's fast. In verse 9, it says that the shepherds were filled with great fear, which means they're going from zero to 100 miles an hour in their fear factor because they're seeing an angel. You want to be scared really fast? Have an angel show up in your life. Angels are always freaking people out, aren't they? Every time in scripture that they show up, people are scared to death. You're going from zero to a hundred. It's like when you think about the last time you got surprised by someone or coming around the corner, right? At your house or here at the church or whatever. And you're just like, you're walking, you're doing your thing. All of a sudden, boom, somebody's like right on you, right? Some of you screech and kind of get a screeching amen. Some of you are like, ah! Some of you are jumpers. Can I get a jump right now? You jump. like You guys get like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. You guys get those 40-inch verticals. Some of you are hitters. <laughs> Don't you ever do that to me again. Don't you ever do that to me again. You know. Now listen, they were filled with great fear. That happened pretty quick. How about verse, the verse uh, 13, the word Suddenly. Suddenly. The angel's arrival in verse 13 was surprising and fast. Suddenly, in the sky, you're seeing seeing a myriad of angels, 10,000 angels. We'll get to more of that later. That's a freaky moment. All right? When you're looking up in the sky and you're thinking about like angelic hosts in the sky, you are scared. That is fast. And then verse 16. All right? Let us go. After the angels all go away, the shepherds are like, let us go to Bethlehem. And that word, let us go, is tied to the other phrase, in haste they went. They went fast, all right? And in Spanish, mi maestra, Africa, vámonos, See, vámonos, we go, let's go, we're going. Why? Because they had just seen some things. And it moved their feet and their mouth really fast towards Bethlehem. So Christmas is not the first account of God launching his message down quickly. This is how God operates all the time in Scripture. He hits us and he hits us hard and fast with supernatural power that changes our lives. How, how about the Scripture, right? Genesis 28, Jacob and Bethel. You guys remember that story? Jacob He's on the run from Esau. He just stole the blessing. He just stole all the stuff from Esau. And he's on the run. His pillow is a stone. And all of a sudden he has this dream and it's a vision of a heavenly ladder. Up and down we go. And here we go. At the top of this ladder is God. And on the ladder is all these angels. And Jacob wakes up the next morning and said, surely God is in this place. And I didn't even know it. Bethel is the house of God. What about Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter three? You guys remember that scene? God launches himself down into this bush. I could think of a lot of better places than a bush for God to show up. But here he is, he's in a bush and he's, he is inflaming this bush. It's not consumed and He's talking to Moses and, he, and Moses runs away from the bush because he's freaked out. But this is how God is. God funnels in. He launches himself down into mankind, and he changes people's lives. What about Zechariah and Mary? Zechariah was scared to death, just serving in the temple. All of a sudden, God shows up, launches himself into Zechariah's life, and Zechariah did not respond very well. And then God shut his mouth for, like, months. Like, you didn't respond right. His name's going to be John, and you're not going to say anything for four months. How about that? So here's the thing. I, I just want a quick admonition at the beginning of the message. If you think that God is somehow tame or you can control him, or he's in this box and he only speaks to you in this way, and it's all going to be very progressive and easy, a nice little accelerator, like up to 55 miles an hour, hit the speed limit and down the highway. You got another thing coming. Can I get a witness? <laughs> God is going to shake you up. God is going to shake you up because that's how he always does it. He launches his gospel message into your life. And for those of you who came to Christ, you know, and you can give an amen to this, right? Because when you got saved, Jesus didn't ask you whether you would give him your permission to wreck your life, right? He just comes and he says, this is how I am. This is quick, this is powerful, this is supernatural. Receive it and your life will be transformed. So, God always launches his message down quickly, powerfully, and it transforms the lives of those who receive it, the lowly and the humble. So here's the question we're going to answer this morning as we look at the text. Who did God involve when his powerful Christmas message launched down to man? And what was the result? Okay, who did he involve and what was the result? First of all, God launched his message down into the lives of some lowly shepherds. We're going to see a couple groups. The shepherds first, then the angels, then we're going to see what happened to them, right? First point, the recipients were the shepherds. Verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. The first group that God launched down to reach was the shepherds. Now, how would we describe these shepherds? These shepherds had a little bit more going for them than you would originally think would meet your eye. There's a lot more going on with these guys. So here's the thing. The shepherds were herdsmen. They were of low social class. They didn't make a lot of money. Can I get a witness? All right, good. They didn't make a ton of money. They didn't have the best education, and they weren't good churchgoers. Oh, tisk tisk tisk. right? They weren't in the temple regularly. Why not? Because they were watching sheep all the time. So they wouldn't get to temple very often, which would make them kind of an outcast. They would be looked down upon because they weren't at church attendance all the time. Now, they didn't have the highest level of dignity or honesty, so people kind of pushed away from them. But here's the other thing about the shepherds. People also valued them. You know, they weren't really accepted, but they were valued. Now, here's what I mean by that. In the history of Israel, some of the most famous heroes of the Old Testament were shepherds. Everybody would know that. At the time of Christ's birth, everybody would know, all right, we've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, great shepherds. We would have Moses, very famous shepherd who led Israel out of Egypt. We would have David. How about King David? Greatest king Israel's ever known. So people would be like, I don't really want to associate with you, but we know that what your job is is valued in the history of our culture. So we're kind of like, one hand, we're stiff-arming you, and the other hand, we're like, okay, we need you around. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just in this weird spot, these shepherds are. And in the Old Testament, most Israelites would know that God referred to himself as the shepherd of Israel. Think about the most famous psalm you know, which is Psalm 23. Remember how that starts? The Lord is my what, class? My Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So here's the thing about these shepherds, right? They're, they're, they're lowly. They're kind of stiff-armed, but they're also valued. You would be like, okay, I'm kind of thankful for what you do, but I don't want a relationship with you. And that makes them the perfect recipients of God's launching grace. Because if you're a shepherd, you're right in step with the type of people Jesus would reach. Jesus reaches down to who? He reaches down to the lowly. Any normal people out there? Any overlooked people out there? Any people who are cast out of society on some levels, like you don't quite fit in all the way? Anybody make a normal amount of money? Not a lot, not a little, but you're right in the middle? All right, any normal people out there, you would relate to the shepherds. Can I get a shepherd? Amen. Right? So the Bible is packed with examples of people hearing God's message through his amazing grace. And if you think you're not churched enough, you're not spiritual enough, you don't make enough money, you don't, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough, you're the perfect person God wants to reach. Jesus loves people like you. Praise the Lord. And people like me. We're not that special. And praise God. So, did you know Jesus, one day in the synagogue, he pulled a scroll out, Isaiah 61, and he read Isaiah 61 to the congregation, which means you have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to reach the afflicted, to bring mercy and grace to those who need it. And then Jesus Rolls up the scroll, puts it back, and he says, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Which means Jesus reaches these kinds of people. Which means you're not too far from God's grace. Which means the shepherds, the hurting, the overlooked, the struggling, the anxious, the common, the undervalued, that is exactly who God wants to reach. So, when God funnels down his message and he launches it down to earth, he's looking for people like you and me, and he wants to save every one of us. So, if you are here and you know Christ is your Savior, you got reason to smile this morning. Amen? I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care if it's going good or bad in your life. You have Jesus. <laughs> so, like, holy cow, you're like a shepherd. This is who God loves to show up for. So what is going on in your life right now? I don't know, but Jesus knows. And if you know him, you have an ear with the king of kings. Man. And if you are here and you don't know Christ yet and you feel like your life's a wreck, good, good. Praise the Lord. Jesus wants to save you. And hopefully you're listening. Okay, so we have the shepherds. How about the second group of people, the delivery men, the angels? What about those angels? Let's look at them for a while. The angel of the Lord, verse 9, appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. An angel launched down in front of the shepherds, the angel of the Lord and the glory of God is shining around him. And this is going to scare these shepherds half to death. Now, some scholars say that the angel of the Lord is Gabriel, which would be his third appearance in just a few chapters in Luke. We don't know for sure. It was an angel of the Lord. Either way, it's cool. But the really cool part is that the glory of God is shining around these shepherds. These guys that are sitting in the middle of a field in darkness, all of a sudden this huge light is shining. What kind of light is this? This is the Shekinah glory of God. What is that? It's the light that Moses saw on Mount Sinai. It's the light that Peter, James, and John saw at the transfiguration. This light is the light of the glory of God. And this is going to make the shepherds scared. How scared are they? It literally says they feared a great Fear. You guys ever feared a great fear before? Yeah. When was the last time you feared a great fear? This is the fear you feel when you feel like you're going to die, when you feel like there's a trial that you just can't overcome. The percentages of mental health in our church and in society as a whole would say there's a ton of you struggling with anxiety, that you fear a great fear all the time. So when you fear a great fear, let me just tell you, you're not alone. The shepherds were scared, and this is the type of fear that I felt this week when I was talking to Pastor Rob about jumping out of a plane. (laughs) Rob and I were talking about, hey, you want to do something fun? Let's jump out of a plane. You ever thought about that? I'm like, I have. I actually have. And we talked about what would be the scariest part of jumping out of a plane? I don't think it's the jump at all. I think it's when they open that door right? And all of a sudden that door's open and it's not quite your turn yet. And you just got to watch. That's the worst part. That's the part that I fear the most. Will I do it? I don't know. You can pray for me. I don't know. But here's the thing. That's how scared these guys were. And when angels show up in scripture, everybody gets scared. So if you see an angel today, you will be scared. You will definitely be scared. You will be scared of the glory of God. It is a very frightening thing. And the angel said, fear not. What a cool thing to say. Fear not. Because every time you see an angel show up in scripture, you see an angel following up the scary appearance with the encouragement to not fear. I don't know if it really worked for the shepherds. I think they were probably still scared. But the cool thing about God is that when you're scared, he says, fear not every single time. Do you know how many times fear not is in the Bible? 365 times, one for every day of the year. Praise the Lord, huh? For those of you who are Christians in this house, you feel anxiety every day. You feel fear every day. You feel the unknown every day. And I just want to say, look how amazing of a provider God is. He has given you an encouragement for every single day of the year if you will listen. Will you listen? I don't know. I hope so. Some of you who are struggling with anxiety need to get your nose in the book. It's going to help you a lot. Now, fear not. What was, what was the reason why the angel could say fear not? Because what was launched down to Bethlehem was Jesus Christ. And the message was good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. This is literally the word good news is gospel. He said, behold, I bring you gospel tidings. I bring you good news of what kind of joy? Small joy? Great joy. Mega, like mega joy. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have good news of great joy inside of you. OK? If you've been saved, you have good news inside of you. Now, for some of you, that's a living rebuke because you say you know Jesus, but your joy is like tiny. Pequito, pequeño. Pequeño. small. So here's the thing. Paquito. OK, I'll use paquito. Africa tells me I used the wrong Spanish word. I will listen to her. Yep, paquito. See? I have great joy in receiving correction from my teacher during a sermon. That's awesome. Good. But listen, guys. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have good news of great joy. This is not small. This is bigger than your circumstances. This is bigger than what's going on around you. You have Christ. You have every rich that resource that you could ever want. So I'm telling you this morning, it is good news of great joy. Nothing has changed about the message of the angel. We still have good news of great joy. Who is it for? For all people, Jews and Gentiles, all of us. Doesn't matter what your skin tone is or what your background is. Like if you have Jesus, you have everything and it is for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Okay. Okay. So now, in the city of David, a Savior is born. Who is Christ the Lord? A Savior is born. Let's just consider that phrase. A Savior. Jesus was born to be a Savior. He was born to die on the cross. He was born to rise again. He was born to be a Savior for your sin. What's the greatest need humanity has today? Economic reform. Political reform? Hmm, I don't think so. The greatest need the world has today is to have their sins forgiven. The greatest thing in all the world is to have your sins forgiven. Your greatest need in life is to confess your sins and to have Jesus take your sins on the cross. There is no bigger thing. Don't believe the lie of the world. That says I need a better marriage. I need a better thing. I better, I need a better job. I need a better car. I need this life improvement thing. Look, that is not why Jesus came. He came to save you from your sin. Sin is the greatest problem in the world, and so Christian, your problem right now is sin. That's the main thing. There's a lot of other things. But you're like, "No, I know Jesus." I know Jesus. No, I'm telling you, you still have a flesh. <laughs> You still have a sin nature. Even though you're saved, you have a sin nature that needs to be fought against, and your biggest problem is sin, and Jesus is the Savior. Cool. Believe in him. If you're not saved and you don't know Christ this morning, I'm praying that God is launching his gospel into your heart and mind, because I can't save you, but God can. Now, if, as if the shepherds hadn't seen enough, This angel's telling him this stuff. And then all of a sudden, there is a myriad of heavenly hosts in the sky, praising God. A multitude of the heavenly hosts gets launched down from heaven to these shepherds. And these are heaven's armies, not heaven's singers. I want to make sure I correct the common Christmas mistake. These are not a bunch of choir members from heaven coming down. This word myriad is a Roman military term. These are angelic soldiers showing up in the sky and they're probably not singing. They are shouting a message to say glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We're not against Brandon. Amen. We like singing. We like singing. I'm just telling you, this is a military term that is shouting. You know what they're saying? They're saying, you know what? Our master, our commander, our general, King Jesus, who we've watched for eternity past, rule and reign in heaven, he is in Bethlehem. And we are his soldiers here to tell you that the commander is in the house. Amen. The commander's down the street at Bethlehem, and you better go see our captain. How cool is that? Man, it gives me me goosebumps thinking about it. This scene is a scene of soldiers declaring a victorious military campaign, but Jesus won't launch against Rome. He will launch against Satan himself, and he will win. When Jesus Christ goes to die on the cross, he takes down every spiritual force of darkness, and he claims his victory through the resurrection. So... Peace on earth, goodwill to men. The launching down is complete. This is wild because as quickly as these angels are saying all this stuff, they are gone as soon as they say that. And then the angel of the Lord's gone, and these shepherds are sitting in the darkness of the field by themselves. (laughs) What an amazing couple moments that would be, right? Everybody looking at each other, you see that? Yeah, I saw it. You see that? I saw it. That was crazy, man. It blew my mind, you know? When God speaks his messages to mankind, he launches them down quickly, powerfully, and supernaturally, transforming the lives of all who are lowly. So then what happened at the end? Well, there was the final launch, not a vertical launch, launching down, but a launch across, a horizontal launch. Mainly the shepherds launching themselves horizontally to Bethlehem to go see Jesus and proclaim the gospel to Joseph and Mary. The shepherds said to each other at once, let us go over to Bethlehem, verse 15. Then they went with haste and found Joseph and Mary and the baby lying in a manger and they to make known the saying to to them, what was told them concerning the child. And everybody wondered at what the shepherds were saying. So the launching down is done. Now the launching across happens. The horizontal launch happens because the shepherds are like, we can't just sit here. We got to go. We got to go. What are we going to go do? We're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to go see Jesus. And then they go and then they start proclaiming. They start saying stuff to Joseph and Mary. Here's the stuff we just saw about your son. Here's the reality of it. And everybody who's listening to these shepherds, like these shepherds, these are shepherds, man. I mean, everybody's in awe of the message because the message is powerful. But the messengers who God sent is ridiculous. Everybody's looking around saying these shepherds, man. These shepherds are saying this. Everybody's in awe. Mary's pondering it in her heart. But let's just just talk really quickly about what it means to be saved. If you are a saved person, you have received the divine launching message of the gospel in your heart. God has done it. And every single person who God has authentically saves, he pushes out. I mean, you have to go horizontally to go tell somebody about this. You cannot say that you're a Christian if you don't go horizontally to people to tell people about Christ. Now how am I, I going to illustrate this? Man, I'll tell you, there's, there's a lot of things. If you are saved, this is what saved people do. They just launch themselves into conversations. Psalm 66:16. Have you ever read this verse before? Come in here. All you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. My illustration is Clint. Clint, you better raise your hand now. Come on now. Okay, you hear this guy chatting the whole time at during, during his sermon. How 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 disrespectful is this guy? Come on. Come on now. Come on. Okay, so Clint's my buddy from Planet Fitness. And every time I walk into Planet Fitness, I mean Clint's like, hey man, is Pastor Josh here. Let's go. And listen, and he does it for everybody. He does it for Jaden. He does it for Rob Pearson every time he comes in. And he's, also, he's always like, hey, Lucy, get over here. Lucy, you got to go to Pastor Josh's church, man. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm telling you, this guy is like Andrew. He's always leading people to Jesus all the time. And here's the thing he's our special guest this morning, but he's a great illustration of these shepherds. They just go horizontal. They launch themselves into conversations. Why? Because they've been launched upon by God. They know Jesus as their Savior. And so one of the, the things about your life as a Christian is that you are an evangelist, and in much as you have received this launching message, you will go out. And if you don't have much of the divine message inside of you, you're not going to go out very much. These shepherds are faithful. They're evangelists. And and they return. They tell Joseph and Mary what they've seen. And then they head back to the fields glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and hear. Sometimes after you feel this recipient thing of receiving a divine message and you go out horizontally and you share it with other people and God does amazing things, what can you do but praise God, glorify God? Look what God did. So many of you are stories of just look what God did. Praise the Lord. And then God uses you to share with other people, and you say, Whoa, look at all these things that happened. And all you can say is, Glory to God, look what God did. Right? But when God speaks his messages to mankind, he launches that quickly, powerfully, and supernaturally, and he transforms the lives of the lowly. So look, if God is launching his gospel down, to mankind. My question for you is, has he launched it down into your heart? Some of you, he hasn't launched it into your heart yet. Like you're feeling it though. You're sensing this is the morning I need to be saved. I need to confess my sins. I need to become a Christ follower. Good. Praise the Lord. You need to do that. And for some of you, you have this gospel in your heart, but you've, it's been a while, right? Since you have just measured it and said, God, what are, what are you doing? What are you calling me to do? Where are you calling me to go? Christmas is the story not of man launching himself up to God. Christmas is the story of God launching himself down to man. We're going to have the choir come up. They're going to lead us, so we want you to sing with the choir. right? They have a song for us, and as they come up, I want you just to think through what you heard. Not from me, but from the Word of God. And may God do something in your heart right now. So I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to stand up and sing together. Okay, So let me pray and pray over all of you. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. God, you are a big God. Launching your gospel message down to humanity over and over again. And you did it at Christmas and we celebrate your amazing grace. Lord, for some who are in this room, they, they've never had that divine message launch into their soul yet. They haven't believed. Some of them don't even care. And Lord, I pray that you would be with each person who doesn't know Jesus yet. or would you help them believe right now? Confess their sins. Believe in the resurrection. And God, I pray for every Christian here too that has received the divine message, has received the launched message. Lord, we have a story to tell. we got a horizontal launch to go do. we got to get to Bethlehem. we got to tell people about this Jesus. So Lord, help us to be unashamed, launch us off into mission. Lord, help us worship you for who you are. You are a big and glorious God. The least we can give you is our song. But God, help us sing and respond to you in Christ's name.